the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. You see the stock market lately? Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. You know, I've been thinking lately about when we first heard about the virus, COVID-19. It was in late 2019. We started hearing about some shutdowns, lockdowns in China, but we were told, don't worry about it. This isn't going anywhere. We're going to keep it contained here. It's not going to spread. And then we started seeing these cruise ships having the virus on board and the cruise ships were left out, not able to dock, people not able to disembark because they wanted to make sure you tested negative first. I remember seeing those people interviewed through Zoom chats on television. It seems like so long ago when all of this first started, but it was only two and a half years ago, you know, close to three years ago. And you weren't supposed to question anything back then. You weren't supposed to question Dr. Fauci. You weren't supposed to question any science. You weren't supposed to question anything. And if you did, heaven help you, you were probably canceled or at least someone attempted to cancel you. But here we are just a few short years later, and so many questions are being asked now. It's as though the floodgates have opened. People are claiming vaccine injuries. We now know that some of the draconian mandates of masking children were deleterious. They they hurt these kids. There's so much to look back on. Justin Hart has written a book about this, and it's really important. He's going to tell us what he thinks all the follies have been and how we can learn from it next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, as I mentioned in my introduction, it's only been a few years since we were all terrified of COVID-19. And now we're looking back and saying, holy moly, what did we do? How is history going to look on us as we try to handle this pandemic. There's a new book coming out October 18th, whenever you're listening to this, 2022. It's called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Justin Hart is the author. I can't wait to get my hands on your book and read it when it comes out. I understand supply chain issues have, have delayed its its release the a little irony. bit. Yes. Isn't that something? Yes. But I, I want to know, Justin, what drove you to to write this book and to put your time into this particular topic? 
Well, look, like I say at the outside of the, the book, first of all, great to be with you, Michelle. Great to, to meet you here over this uh, incredible forum here. Uh, look, I'm not a healthcare expert, and normally I wouldn't insert myself into someone else's domain, but they seem to have no problem inserting themselves into my domains, my church, my kids' education, my health, my business. And uh, at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, I'm a professional consultant. I have sort of a deep tech background, but my forte is going into companies and also worked with presidential campaigns, Senate candidates, and building some really cool dashboards to show how they can improve their performance. Well, my three big clients at the beginning of this were, one, a group that did high-end golf excursions for baby boomers. So that was dead. I had another one, which was one-on-one consultancies for families looking to send their kids to college the next year. That company (laughs) died by April. I had a third one, which was high-end vacation clubs for families looking to go really, really interesting places. That was gone. So I had time on my hands and I have sort of a deep tech background and I actually have a, a sort of a side hustle, just looking at like, how do I understand what viruses do to us? Because I almost died in 2018 from a staph infection. And so that sort of changed my mindset, this tiny little thing. It's just a natural flora that gets on your, that's on your skin. Everyone has it, but if it gets into your bloodstream from a cut or something, I mean, I I was, it was crazy. I went into septic shock and I wanted to understand how that all works. So it became sort of like, let me understand the data behind that. Well, when we got into the lockdowns, we got into the extended lockdowns. We took a look at the data. I said, I need a group of people that can make something um, really rational out of this. So we formed a group, Rational Ground, and uh, is basically a ragtag bunch of analysts and activists and interested people who were going after this thing in a unique way. And we came to the conclusion, this is the numbers are totally off. The numbers they were presenting, the risks they were presenting were completely off. And so we we pushed that out there and said, we need to really look at this thing because we're causing ourselves extreme damage. So that was the start of my interest in this thing is understanding going to the park with my kids and Gavin Newsom padlocked the swing set at my kid's favorite park. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Are you telling me that a swing set was padlocked. I mean, you yeah. just said padlock my swing set, and I'm thinking, oh, uh, really? Oh yeah, they had uh, they had basically crime investigation tape around the entire park, and then to make sure the kids didn't you know have any fun, and that was padlocked for almost a year or more, right? And because uh, it, they they had in their mind that this was uh, this was going to basically stop the spread of the disease, right? And so yes, it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So, so where were you getting your data? How did you, how did you gather this? What was the actual data you were looking at? Because it seemed so many times that some of us were just scratching our heads going, something feels off. Why aren't we being told clearly what the heck's going on here? So where were you getting your data? Well, we were getting the data right from the government. We were getting it from the New York Times. We were getting it from Johns Hopkins University, and we were doing the analysis on it. Uh, and basically, the government couldn't bring itself to create, for example, a set of recommendations for people that are most at risk, which are people over the age of 65, and the rest of us. In fact, the first set of data we had was one that cruise ship came back infected, I think it was into Italy or something like that, and we had yeah. the breakdown of the, the the risks of illness and deaths right there. And it turns out 
that, you know, the, the basic stats are if you're under the age of 65, your risk for dying and succumbing to COVID or even your risk of having a, a serious bout with it are about the same as having an accident on your commute to work every year or dying on your commute to work every year. If you're over the age of 65, the risks are slightly higher. It's like you're a professional truck driver. So those were sort of the, the frames that we put it in. We wanted people to understand, like, how do you best explain this? So that was put together by a professor at Stanford, the most cited living scientist, uh, John Ioannidis. And he, he put that together early on in March. And uh, we felt, oh, gosh, we're not alone in making these judgments. We have an actual like a serious scholar who's who's looking at this stuff and understanding from biostatistics, none of this makes any sense what we're trying to do here. So with with his study and with your analysis of the data, what what were you up against? For example, you know, you're saying this is March 2020. This is early in the, the pandemic and in the lockdowns. Was anyone listening uh, I think we have made some inroads, right? We had people really starting to understand that that this was uh, this was going to be some individual decisions there. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, the the Trump White House kind of opened up Pandora's box with the two week shutdown and then the thirty day shutdown. After that, um, they were sold a bill of goods. They basically were told uh, very much disinformation as to what was going on there. Doctor Burks admits as much now that they would yeah. hide information from the White House to make them make decisions as they saw fit. And then what happened was it went out after that to the states, the 50 states, and then to the 3,200 counties, and then to the 13,000-plus school districts we have in the country. And so you had all of these varying policies, and your chances of having to mask up your kid for the next two years, uh, stay home and work from home, uh, were basically a 10-mile radius as to what your county was going to do. Uh, the health overlords of uh, these unelected health officials and directors in your counties made the decision, and that was Pandora's box. It's really hard to get that back into the box. Yeah, the toothpaste was out of the tube. The bell was wrong. However you want to put it, it was right, tough to right. undo. I, I, this point about unelected officials making these decisions, I want to get to this quick break and back with Justin Hart because this book, Gone Viral, is going to be really, really a, a great read. I can't wait to look at it, but it's also, I think, going to piss us off a lot. Back with Justin in just a second. It seems, again, that inflation, the economy are the top things on voters' minds as we get ready for these midterms coming up in November. And why not? I mean, you just take a look at the stock market. You just go to the grocery store. You go to the gas station. Everywhere, it's just hitting you right in the face. You get your bills. Everything's been impacted because everything takes energy. And with less energy, it means it's more expensive. So this is a crazy time to be trying to manage your, your money, right? You've got the short-term issues you have to deal with, but there is also the long-term, and you cannot overlook that or forget it. So investing in gold and silver can play a major role in your long-term success. It's a great long play in terms of how you invest that money in gold, silver, precious metals. And the only company I trust when I'm investing in gold and silver is Legacy Precious Metals. They are honest brokers. They will tell you what is what and answer all your questions when you give them a call. So you hear from a lot of different companies that, that sell gold and silver. And, and there's a reason. It's a hedge against inflation. It's a, it protects against a weakening dollar. It's a smart play. Back in 2008, when the market went haywire, those who invested in gold saw really big gains 
other people lost their retirement. So check out Legacy Precious Metals. Maybe start by giving them a call, just asking questions of an IRA expert. Let me give you the phone number. It's 866-528-1903. 866-528-1903. They've also got a free investor's guide you can download from their website. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. The only folks I trust when investing in gold and silver. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, Justin, I, I, I'm already angry and I've been angry for a good couple of years because I, I felt that my kids should have had their masks off much sooner. And I felt that the teachers unions were influencing how policy was being set. And, and I think we saw that. I don't think it was just a feeling on my part. I think we have evidence of that. You certainly had evidence and statistics that could have made life a lot more livable, but what these unelected officials you talk about, Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci, the CDC, what was in it for them? Why would they want to ignore the data that was pretty darn clear and just keep everyone under wraps? We knew early on that, for example, you mentioned children. Look, we're adults. This was political public policy. Uh, it came against us. It, it set us back tremendously, probably had significant health consequences for us. And we'll deal with that. We're adults. But when you come after our kids and they lose two years of their life, right? I remember our preschool teacher, I have some young kids, and she said, try teaching your kid how to pronounce the letter H through a mask. Well, we're going to have to send our kid to <laughs> speech therapy now. And, and so the I, my kindest interpretation of this, I always say that, is that they were f- trying to find a way to save face because there was no study whatsoever, nowhere that masks, especially the masks we were wearing back then, could cause any sort of disruption to this viral pattern. We even have studies that were done in hospitals. Uh, one group of people masking up in one hospital, one other group not masking up. This was what they called the, the gold standard, the random control trial, right? right? And they wanted to know, did that stop the spread of influenza within these hospitals. This was done like five or six years ago. No, it didn't. It didn't even work in a hospital. Surgeons wear masks to keep things uh, clean and in that environment, right? Because they're they're opening up those wounds there. But yes. regular use of hospital mandates doesn't work. It was really funny. There was an article in the Santa Barbara uh, newspaper, and uh, it basically the headline was "Masks are the chief ally of the disease." People don't know how to use masks. They become a veritable incubator of bacteria. Now, in truth, that headline was in a Santa Barbara newspaper 
a hundred years ago in 1919. And the thing is, we never learned the lessons from there. They tried mask mandates. They knew it didn't work. They tried shutdowns. They knew it didn't work. But somehow we took it upon ourselves to copy China. And the impacts are pretty drastic. We know that in the, the first people to come to us and say, Justin, there's a, there's a problem, guys. Well, what, what's the deal? It was an oncologist, uh, cancer doctors, right? And they said, either COVID has cured cancer or something else is going on because they diagnosed half as many cancers as they would in a previous year in March, April, and May. In some cancers, like colon cancer, the, 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 the diagnoses went down by 70%. Those are now coming back to us in stage three and four cancers. People were too scared to go to the hospital because they feared they were going to overwhelm this. Now, here's the real shocker. The data is out on hospitals there was not a single hospital that we can find that was truly overwhelmed. When you look at the ER numbers, on average, they were down 20%. As far as you know, actual admissions, those were down too. Why? Well, people were scared to go to the hospital for regular stuff. And now we see the, the number of deaths of people dying at home, massive. A really interesting stat one of my colleagues came out with the other day. The percentage of people die, the, the number of people dying, from falls, right? Just tripping over or maybe an elderly in the in the shower, but most importantly, even on the street, people falling and uh, at some point dying because of that increased dramatically over night over 2020, 2021, and into 2022. Why? We think that masks might be suspect. If you recall, you lose a little bit of your lower vision when you do that. So there are lots of things we need to look at, but the most dreadful impact is on our kids. Um, we know that the mask scores are dreadful. We know that uh, that set them back. We know that obesity was through the roof. I mean, in the end, whose policy was this? We we know that the two key comorbidities that lead to an exacerbation of COVID are one, obesity, and yeah. two, lack of vitamin D, not getting enough sun. And so whose idea was it to stick us inside for two years out of the sun ordering takeout? Right. Yeah. And, and gyms were closed down. You couldn't go there. It wasn't even possible to say, I'm going to go let the gyms open and you have to sign a waiver when you go in that says if I get, you know, there was no there was no choice. There was no choice in the matter. It was it, it, it's it's hard for me to to stay calm about this. I'm going to try because I'm, I'm, I'm so angry. I saw my kids go through stuff that I, no, no kids should have. And we were the lucky ones. Like we yes. were the we yeah. we were on the good end of this. Now we're going to talk about we're going to look at all the statistics for inner city kids, for single parent households, for people who could not afford Wi-Fi or couldn't, you know, didn't have the Zoom access, whatever it was. Kids missed out on meals. This affected, you know, a high, high percentage of poor middle income or lower income kids in, in, in inner cities. So I'm just, I'm wondering with books like yours and with all the questions being asked now these days, are, is anyone going to take blame? Is there going to be any responsibility taken by anyone that's going to matter in the end? Yeah, we're, we're going to be shifting gears ourselves here as Rational Ground. We've created a super PAC. We've got a conference coming up here in San Diego uh, on October 8th. Uh, we're bringing in the big guns to talk about this very thing to make sure it never happens again. But there's got to be some comeuppance. 
Um, my birds tell me that uh, if there is a changing of the guard here in November politically, that there is a good chance of hearings next year. Uh, and we want to help develop those. We want to help sort of understand, hear the questions you need to ask, hear the people you need to bring in. Uh, because uh, as much as these people were making information decisions in the dark, uh, they were not policy people. They were health people. And we gave them full reins, all sorts of excuses. That's fine. But they should never, ever have a hand in influencing public policy again. I welcome them to team reality, as we call it, right? You're welcome to come over here. We now have people that were major daily commentators on CNN vying for vaccination mandates and mask mandates who are now on our team saying, yeah, those that was a big mistake, right? And closing schools was the biggest mistake. We welcome you to the club. But those are the people that influence policy decisions. I want to make sure they never have a hand in that again. Well, that's going to be the interesting part. Uh, we also talked about schools, you know, teachers unions that at, that influence policy. And I'm not and, and it was weird to me. And maybe you know more about this than I do. But for instance, the L.A. County massive school district, right? L.A. County School. Right. They in their sort of paperwork of here's what we want in order to go back to school and teach, you know, vaccine mandates, masks. And then they started into some other weird stuff uh, that had nothing to do with the disease at all. It had to do with these demands about social justice and climate. And and I'm thinking to myself, they are using this, this whole COVID thing, as a way to get other stuff. And it seemed so dirty to me. What 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 do you what have you discovered about the teachers unions and their influence? Well, they're, they're pretty straightforward about this. This is what's so interesting. They're saying the quiet part out loud, all the way from the World Economic Forum down to Tony Fauci, down to the teachers unions. They say, we cannot let this moment go. We need to insert the next set of agendas on this thing. When you hear that thing called the Great Reset, that's the actual title of their page. If you go to the World Economic Forum, you'll see that they say, this is the great moment we have to reset the world. Uh, Tony Fauci got frustrated and in September 2020 wrote a very lengthy article where he talked about how he wants to bend modernity to the will of this thing. Right. And it, it, it has drastic consequences. What, that what did he mean by seen. that? Bend modernity to the will of this. <laughs> you know, what it's unclear. Mean? Well, he, he's really frustrated that these diseases keep getting outside of his control. And you can see this in his writings over the last 20 years where he talks about it's really frustrating to see this uh, panoply of infectious diseases continue to grow. Why can't we stop this? If only I was given all the controls, we could definitely stop this. But his, his implication is no more sports games, no more big gatherings, none of these things. We're going to control those things. And he expressly says that, right? So this is these are people that should never have a hand in public policy again. And not only that, they hold the purse strings. So not only is Dr. Fauci making the public policies, he and Director Collins and others there at the NIH, they decide who gets the grants. If your particular proposal or theory on your scientific discovery uh, doesn't fit the narrative, the chances of you getting government funding for that are probably nil. You know, they're, they're not going to do that. And so we, we need to have a, a real serious discussion. Those people need to be gone. Anyone who hand to ha had a hand in this terrible decisions uh, and these impacts are going to be dreadful. We know, for example, that when a child uh, loses years of school, uh, we know the dropout rates. We know what that impacts income. We know that how that impacts their life. 
And over the population, we know, for example, from multiple studies, that for every increase in unemployment that you have, you can expect 30 to 40 to 50,000 deaths over the next 10 years, lack of insurance, uh, depression, alcoholism, you name it. And so no one, no one looked at the flip side of the coin to understand what was going to happen there. Uh, that that's again that first level thinking shut down the country to 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 s- stop the spread but okay no one seemed to go past well what might happen if we do that <laughs> what might be the effects a- and they waited until afterward just to see what the effects were when in fact i think s- so much of it could have been predicted is that is that how do you see that could could much of this absolutely. have been predicted. Are we being too hard on, on this whole? No, no, we Fauci are absolutely not. No, these people okay. worked in tandem. We now have the FOIA requests where they tried to silence critics like myself. I was taken down. Yeah. Uh, was, we ha- we're suing the government. We're suing Facebook and Twitter for when they tried to take us down on basic information that we put did out they there. Take, were they successful taking you down? Uh, they, for a little bit there, but we got them back up, you know, for uh, at least for this moment. But uh, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop based mm-hmm. on uh, what sort of narrative I'm not carrying and whose water I'm not carrying there. Now, we were at Rational Ground, the main group that was supporting Dr. Atlas when he was at the White House. Now, a lot of people said, well, Dr. Atlas, he's not an infectious disease expert. We're like, you're right. He's a public policy expert. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, the Surgeon General, none of these people had any significant experience in public policy. And so they came in and they were looking from a, from a perspective of healthcare. Dr. Atlas came in and says, you guys aren't seeing the flip side of this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking a massive depression coming up because of printing money and all the, all the exacerbations financially that we're experiencing right now are because of the lockdown and the choice to extend that and the choice to give powers to all the states to do that, the counties to do that, the school districts, massive monies flowed. It's just a terrible consequence of uh, what they never, what, what was easily foreseeable, but they chose to ignore. Hurricane Fiona has pummeled the Caribbean with devastating winds, catastrophic flooding, and widespread power outages. Food for the Poor has been serving the poorest nations in that part of the world for more than 40 years, and they're responding again now during this time of crisis. Hurricane relief kits containing food, water, hygiene kits, medical supplies, and other critically needed items are already being distributed throughout Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and Haiti. You can support this effort by giving your best gift now. Just text SIDELINE to 91999 and we'll send you a link to give. Families have lost everything and need our help. Anything you can do will help Food for the Poor bring aid to these families. Just text SIDELINE to 91999 and we'll send a link so you can give. As one of the largest faith-based international relief agencies in the United States, Food for the Poor is able to respond quickly and efficiently to disasters like this, but they can't do it without your generous support. Please give what you can now. Text SIDELINE to 91999. What you brought up about Dr. Scott Atlas is interesting. So he's a public policy guy. And yeah. President Trump at the time brought him into the White House as part of the team. And he was mocked and ridiculed by so many for, I think, the reasons that you specified. Is he, you know, an expert in in epidemiology? But at the same time, y- you have to distinguish, right? There, there's a reason we have doctors who specialize in public policy. 
It's so right. that we can handle these situations well. And when you put the pure healthcare side of it in without even considering the public cost, weighing the positives and negatives, you get what we got. And, and so where's Dr. Atlas today? I know he's, you know, no longer obviously with the White House. And is he still involved in, in any way with, with sort of looking back and helping reflect on all that went wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's going to join us for uh, this conference on October 8th that we're having. I quote him in the book. He's on my my dust cover there. Uh, he basically has been a stalwart in trying to bring people and look at the other side of things. He would bring up studies to Dr. Burks, to Dr. Fauci, and they'd never heard of them, never even opened you know any sort of assessment as to what impact that has. Here's another example. We know from a study that came out from, I think, the University of Florida uh, and another group up in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, but they basically assessed that uh, over the course of the spring of 2020, we missed about 250,000 cases of potential child abuse and domestic abuse. Why? Because it's usually sharp-eyed teachers and administrators who are calling that out and kids weren't in school. In the LI Unified School District, when they went virtual, 30% of all the students never showed up for a single virtual class. Now, either they're padding the numbers down there or those people just didn't have the means or the attitude to really stay there at the computer and get things done that way. What a terrible predicament for all these situations here. No one saw the flip side of this thing. And our kids are paying the price right now. Uh, the yeah. grades, the failing grades, um, the health issues, too, that we see, especially as we start mandating these vaccines, uh, which are, are completely unnecessary for all of these children. Right. Uh, just to give you an idea of the scale of risk. The average age of death of someone during the 1918 pandemic was 29 years old. Now, I think you and I would have probably a very different discussion if it was millennials and our kids at college who were dropping dead and a lot of youth. Um, but the average age of death here of COVID during this pandemic has been 80 years old, which is about the average age of someone living, right? And, and so you had a lot of people who died who were already, in many cases, um, on their deathbed. Uh, in fact, the majority of these things came from nursing homes. People, the average person lives in a nursing home before they pass away in about four months. Uh, and so these things are just things you need to keep in perspective because the risk to then a small child is 10,000 times lower for getting sick, 100,000 times lower for dying, and a million times lower. I mean, it's just the numbers are so astounding uh, that, that you have a better chance of dying in a plane crash if you're a child, even if you're a healthy woman uh, under the age of 40, than you do of dying of COVID. It's just that simple. And so we need to look at this strongly and uh, put policies in place where we can track this thing better uh, and make sure that this never happens again. Yeah. It, one of the other topics I want to hit with you is on the vaccines. Uh, it, it, it's, it's strikingly amusing to me when you hear a governor or a president or a vice president saying, well, thank goodness I was double vaccine and quadruple boosted because this would have been such a worst case of COVID that I now have. You know, initially we were told vaccine, you won't get it. You won't get COVID if you take the vaccine. Well, if you get boosted, you, you won't get COVID and you certainly won't spread it. So you've got, you can't be selfish. You got to get the vaccine or otherwise you're a selfish SOB. And now you got to get boosted. And we're still being told, get boosted, get boosted. 
I would imagine that the rates of getting those shots are declining a little bit. And the other part of it that is important is I've met, I've actually sat with people who claim to be vaccine injured. I'm using the word claim because it's a, it's a very difficult claim to prove, although they instinctively know that the, within hours of getting a first or second vaccine, their lives, their health changed dramatically in ways that many doctors can't explain. How are we going to look at vaccine injuries? Is this, is this something that's underway? There's a tremendous amount of gaslighting going on right now. Uh, if you recall, you're right. Your ears did not deceive you. Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, they all said that these vaccines, and because in one end quote, it was 100% effective against death and hospitalization. Dr. Fauci, quote, uh, they're really good against the variants. Well, they weren't, and they and everyone knew it, right? And that's when you get, when you rush these sort of technologies, this thing had only been in human trials since 2015. And people say, Justin, will you give your kids other vaccines? Yeah, those have been around for a long time. In fact, there's not a single vaccine that's mandated for children at schools in California that wasn't on the books for a decade and a half completely out of emergency use authorization status before it was mandated, right? Here we are, a vaccine that's a year old, and we're already mandating it for people that don't need it. And we now know the CDC admits that, for example, for, for young males, the risk of myocarditis, a very serious heart injury or potential injury there, uh, is about 16 to 10 to 16 times higher than it would be if you had just gotten COVID or just gone about your life, right? And so those are significant things. We, you know, Johns Hopkins University was given several million dollars to look at something that's now affirmed by multiple studies. A woman's menses cycle is thrown off by one or two days. I happen to have a friend they had a child. They weren't planning on it. They were using the timing method, and uh, they uh, she had to get it for her work, the vaccine, and all of a sudden it was thrown off, and there you go. They're very happy with their child, by the way. But it was like, <laughs> you know, these things are pe- the things people want to sort of work through in life, uh, and now we have, uh, you know, significant issues that no one could ignore anymore. And I guarantee you right now, this is a very litigious society we have. No matter what sort of guarantees the government gave uh, of immunity to all these companies, uh, the lawsuits that are going to come about in the next three to five years will make mesothelioma and asbestos look like child's play. It's going to be crazy, the type of things that will be out there. Well, it, it is it is remarkable. Uh, and there are groups forming of people who are convinced that, that you know, one woman told me she, she developed carpal tunnel syndrome basically overnight, and none of her doctors could figure it out. Uh, so, the, you know, who knows? These again, these are claims and they have to be. But but there are things going on in D.C. right now. We know that Senator Ron Johnson in Wisconsin is very much on board with these groups and trying to represent them in Washington, D.C. in terms of giving them a voice, letting us figure out, is this in fact related to the vaccine? Are these injuries legitimately related to the vaccine? And should you know, do these people need to be compensated. So right. it, it, like you said, with, if this is, uh, we've all seen the mesothelioma commercials and, and now we're seeing the drinking water, oh, yeah. water commercials, uh, oh, yeah. out of Camp Lejeune. So it, it, you know, and, and we can go back to cigarettes and the whole bit. It just seems uncanny to me that history often repeats itself. And 
one of the most terrifying things about this before we finish here, Justin, is that we all did what we were told. You know, we all did what we were told. And there were a few brave souls and there were a couple of brave governors. Christy Noem comes to mind. Ron DeSantis, of course, comes to mind that said, we don't see this this way. We're going to do things differently. And their outcomes were no better, no worse. In some cases, we're better than like California, New York, Connecticut. Yep. So the, the, the human nature of it all, the willingness for an entire country to say, oh, gosh, yes, we'll do whatever you say, Dr. Fauci. I, I had a neighbor who had a sign in her yard that said, in Fauci, we trust. Oh I, it was to me, it was almost this. It became a religion. And we, we all acted like we were members of a cult. Now, there were a lot of questions you couldn't ask them. Or like I said, you'd be shut down. But I'm just wondering about the human nature aspect of this. And do we learn from this? Will we let this happen again? Yeah, I think, look, the American, there was a quote I read in a magazine. It was, the American people are perfectly willing to do whatever it takes if they think it's going to work. They very much dislike being told afterwards that it was to no avail. And again, that was from 1919. That was the a quote from a newspaper article I read back then. And I think that's part of the problem is that we realize very quickly um, that we weren't willing to stand up for our rights. And that's something we're going to have to look at very strongly uh, because your church was shut down. I know my older kids suffered uh, because they, they didn't get that sort of exposure to you know that spiritual side of things mm -hmm. uh, that I was hoping they'd get in their later years in high school. And so these things have a particular effect on society and we need to stand up more and understand what's going to happen there. Otherwise, when it comes back around again, and it will, because they'll use the same tactics, only this time it'll have a different name. Uh, we need prepared to uh, to have the, the, the legislation in place, to have the orders in place so that it does not happen again. We need to, yeah, we need to, to really shine light on this, hold people accountable, and like you said, have structures in place so this doesn't happen again. I think one of the saddest things I can think about. And it's hard when you didn't go through it yourself, but, and you, mm. you thought about other people and you felt for other people, but imagine you yourself lying in a hospital bed, dying and your children, your spouse, your grandchildren, no one can come be with you. And you're it's sitting a, it's there. It's a horrible and, experience. Yeah. I had, I had a friend text me. He said, my, my parents are both died. Uh, one of them from an undiagnosed blood disease, the other one from a cancer they didn't know. They were too scared to go to the hospital. And then even if they went to the hospital, you're right, they were turned away. We uh, were able to examine about 800 death certificates. One of the most common features in the causes of death was what they call failure to thrive. When you're in that Alzheimer's state, you rely on your first circle generation of people to help you out and to keep you alive. When that's gone, you wither away. I, you know what? I, I lied. One more quick one. Speaking of death certificates, hmm. are we going to see a, an accounting of how many deaths were with COVID as opposed to by COVID? In other words, get in a car accident, show up at the hospital. You're, you, there's no way to save you from the accident. They get a sample. They find your COVID positive, by the way. Is that going to be marked as death from COVID or with COVID or by COVID because weren't hospitals incentivized to, you know, if you had a death by COVID, you were funded? 
Yeah, and my kindest interpretation of that is if you're a hospital administrator and they just shut down the most profitable parts of your uh, business there, you might be remiss if you didn't try to get as much money as you could back from the government for all the the losses you were going to take. But we had a chance, my group Rational Ground, to to look at about 800 different death certificates uh, that were redacted of personal information. But we saw about 30% of them were really curious, never should have been there, 89-year-old woman, broken femur from a fall. She happened to test positive for COVID. And as Dr. Walensky admitted, these PCR tests are so sensitive, they can pick up a virus at five days or 75 days. Um, When you look at the true numbers that the CDC has logged as far as deaths go, right now they have about 865 logged in their master file, Okay, 865,000 deaths. But of those, I can only see over the course of two years, two and a half years, 330,000 deaths that could truly be attributed with all the information, hospitalization, lab confirmed test. And so, we, you know, these are things that we need to take a strong look at. Uh, the uh, dying of versus dying with COVID is going to be a big discussion point. And it led to massive amounts of fear. I wrote early on in March a t- an article titled, the, the coronavirus dashboards will kill us all long before the virus ever will. The data drove us to fear on a daily basis. People ate it up. Oh, my gosh. The book has gone viral. How COVID Drove the World Insane. Justin Hart is the author. You can also, I have to put my glasses on, Justin, because I can't see anything anymore. Uh, Rationalground.com is is an organization that people might want to look into. And then there is uh, posteritypack.org. What are the differences between those two sites that people are going to find? Well, Rational Ground, we have all of our data, all of our articles. You can find some infographics, all the information you need there, uh, information about the event we have on October 8th. And then uh, Posterity Pack is our super pack. That's where we're going to doing some very political things to try to rectify uh, some of the executive orders that are still on the books uh, and try to bring things back to normal and really focus on our posterity for our uh, for, you know, straight from the Constitution and know that these people uh, deserve better uh, on down the line. We have to do this for our children. He is Justin Hart. You can also follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Hart. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate what you brought to the show. Thank you. So glad to be with you, Michelle. Thank you, folks. Be brave, everyone. Do good. Thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity and check out Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Well, Sideline Sanity, we are very proud to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals, and we're joined by Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we are hearing now that this is not transitional inflation. This is not a bump in the road. This inflation is going to be here a while. What, what, does that, what does that tell you? You know, that's the scary thing. Um, I think, you know, economies and, and, and such like that, they can deal with small jars. We have a, a unique situation. We had a Fed that waited much too long to react to the situation, calling inflation transitory for a year when everyone knew it wasn't. But more importantly than that, coming out now saying this is going to be here. This is long term. This is not short term. We're going to have elevated rates for the long term. And why that gets really scary is that means the cost of doing business is going to be elevated for years, which means the cost of goods are going to be elevated for years, which means 
if companies can't make enough money, they will go out of business. This is why we, we hear some of your bigger companies are already talking about layoffs. So it, it's a unique situation. The Fed found themselves in, in a very bad place and they reacted way too slow. And this is why we're at where we're at. So if I'm an investor, then what's, why do I want gold and silver in my portfolio? What, what will that do for me? You know, that, that's a great question. And that's a question we get a lot. And, and really what gold and silver do, um, they act as the hedge against the dollar weakness. They act as a hedge against the other markets. And we know that the Dow and, and all of your markets, all your indices are, are, are pulling back, right? That's not the issue. It's not what's already happened. It's what's yet to come. And that's where we, we need to prepare. So depending on who you listen to and, and the research that you do, you know, there are case studies are saying expect to see another 25, 20 to 25% pullback in your equities markets based on interest rates and loans and, and the bond markets they're suffering as well. No one's going out to buy bonds knowing that they're going to be um, an increased return on them in three months. It makes no sense. So that leaves you in a position of what to do with your money and how to protect yourself. This is where gold and silver come in. This is why we say this is a long-term play. You buy it, you forget about it, let it do its, its job. And its job is to go up over time as the dollar gets weaker, as the purchasing power gets less, gold and silver increase. It protects that purchasing power. And that's the great thing about it. And there's your bottom line and why you need to call Legacy Precious Metals or go download their investor's guide at LegacyPreciousMetals.com. Charles, it's always good to talk to you because these are nerve wracking times for people. You know, it, it's just the fact of the matter is, as we were told by the, the Fed chair, there's going to be some pain. So if people know that they've got something solid sitting in their investment portfolio, I think they're going to feel a little bit better, right? Absolutely. And, and we, you know, when we look at the actions that have happened just recently, I mean, the Fed has taken a very unique stance and they've done something very um, extraordinary. Three quarters of a basis points raises months in a row. That's one of the largest raises you've ever seen in the Fed through the history of the Fed. And it's not just once. One time is shocking. Here we are on the third month now, and we'll probably do another half a, half a basis point next month or, or later this month, possibly even three quarters of a point. So when you look at that and you say that number is going to grow to where the Fed interest rates will be about 5%, unheard of. That means the interest rate to you and I, if that's what banks pay to borrow money, we're going to see, you know, credit cards will probably be over 28, 30% again. You're going to see home loans coming in nine, 10, possibly even 11%. And it's, it's a scary time. And this is why we say, okay, know this coming. Don't be afraid. You, you now are aware. So now you can protect yourself. And that's what we help people do. Don't be afraid. Prepare. Just prepare yourself. And like I say every day, I trust Legacy Precious Metals when it comes to investing in gold and silver. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles and his group can answer any and all of your questions. Charles, thank you so much. My pleasure as always. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.